Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. My name is Jill Foos. I'm a functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. I created this podcast to bring you along as we travel down intriguing science-packed roads, debunking old medical paradigms and perusing new innovative therapies and modalities with the finest functional medicine doctors, practitioners, and like-minded biohackers while living our best life. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Trip Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about red light therapy. I purchased my first red light therapy box um, about 10 months ago, and I bought it in order to help stimulate mitochondrial health. And if you go back in biology class, when you were in high school, you learned that mitochondrial produced ATP, and ATP is our energy currency that our body needs in order to run the ship. So I'm also in menopause, and I know that as I age and go through menopause, my mitochondrial health is going to degrade every year. So I'm always looking for things to help support my, my lifestyle going through this, um, this period in my life. And um, so for my hair, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I use a red light therapy cap from laser cap. Um, I use a professional grade cap every single night for 15 minutes as part of my stack protocol to reverse hair loss. And so I, I bought this other box, this red light therapy box around the same time. And I use it on my face and I use it on my body. Um, and it has helped me achieve a lot of other goals that I had for myself. And the one that I purchased was made by EMR Tech, which is a Canadian-based um, company. And so I invited the founder, his name is Chris, I invited him onto the podcast to talk about and share his expertise in red light therapy um, and his own personal experience and why he became so interested in it and then created a company around that. So Chris Sweeting is the founder. It's a Canadian-based red light therapy device company. And at three years old, Chris developed an autoimmune condition called vitiligo. And vitiligo is a condition in which the skin loses its pigment cells called melanocytes. This results in discolored patches in different areas of the body, including the skin, hair, and mucous membranes. Chris met with many doctors and the advice ranged from staying out of the sun to using an umbrella to shield himself from sunlight. By nine years old, the disease had spread all over his body and his mother discovered a doctor in Germany who specialized in light medicine and prescribed narrowband ultraviolet light therapy. By age 14, the pigment had returned to normal except for his hands and feet. And Chris's condition is now stable. His life experiences are what led him to believe that all people deserve natural options that are effective and safe to improve their overall health and wellness. Um, so this is going to be quite uh, a podcast, listening to his story from when he was a young child to now being an adult and seeing the many benefits that red light therapy uh, has to offer for so many people out there. A little medical disclaimer before we dive in. Um, this podcast is for educational purposes only. So always consult your primary care physician or your functional medicine doctor before you start on any new modalities or therapies. So let's dive into red light therapy. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. So glad to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. I like your the background where you are. It looks very peaceful. 
Yeah, it's pretty peaceful. It's super remote. Um, you know, I'm from Toronto, but uh, recently, you know, uh, just feel better outside. So I'm in like a little cabin up in the middle of nowhere. We don't even have like internet here. So it's, it's, it's pretty rough, but it's That's very right. quiet. I like very it. nice. So in my intro before um, we jumped on the podcast, I talked about your early childhood years and dealing with an autoimmune condition called vitiligo and how that led you to light therapy and then eventually to start your own red light therapy device company. So can you tell the listeners just a little bit more about your early years and, and how this all connected for you? Yeah. So it started when I was three, obviously I don't remember, you know, when I was three, but my mom does. So I have to rely on, you know, what she was said. Basically she's noticed a couple spots on my body when I was like three, took me to the doctor. They're like, okay, this is vitiligo. It's the same disease Michael Jackson had. Um, and, uh, you know, from, from the time I was three to the time I was nine, uh, it progressed, uh, as it usually does, uh, to the point where, you know, it was on my neck, it was under my eyes, parts of my face, it literally covered my entire body, like my whole elbow here, which is completely white. Um, and so, um, it's, it's a bit of LIGO is actually a really like, it, it's considered like one of the more psychologically disturbing, um, uh, diseases to actually have, uh, in terms of how it affects people's, um, mental health. It was pretty difficult. Um, but my mom is, you know, somewhat of a scientist. She actually directs a blood lab right now, but you know, she's into all the science and tech and, uh, and she found this doctor in Germany. Her name was Karen Schellruder. She's a PhD, um, researcher, also a dermatologist, and she invented this cream um, which essentially reduced hydrogen peroxide, uh, concentration. So that's like a free radical. Um, it, it's, you know, when you put hydrogen peroxide on your hair, it bleaches it. Um, my vitiligo is so stable now that I'm like, you know, putting, I'm, I'm kind of playing with my hair for the first time in my life. I've been able to dye it. You know, I feel comfortable. I don't put it on the, the scalp, but, um, but yeah, hydrogen peroxide will bleach your skin. It, um, it will bleach your hair. It will also destroy your melanocytes, uh, which are the cells that produce melanin. So in, in vitiligo patients, the, the uh, hydrogen peroxide levels are way too high. So basically she made this cream that reduced hydrogen peroxide levels, stimulated this, this thing called catalase. And so reducing the hydrogen peroxide, increasing the catalase, and then I would go into this um, tanning bed that was in my room. Uh, it's called narrow band ultraviolet B. Um, so I'd put the cream on uh, and then I'd wait 10 minutes, go into my room. And I had to do this, you know, since I was three, but it was with different, different kind of wavelengths of light until we finally got it right. Um, and I would have to do this every day. And then it started working with this, with this particular combination. It's called pseudocatalase, the cream and narrow band ultraviolet B. Um, and that combi combination ended up repigmenting my skin. So by the time that I was around 14, 15, thank God, uh, I had repigmented like most regions of my body. You can, you can still kind of see it on my hand. Like there's mm, right there, yeah. Yeah. you know, on the tips of my fingers, it's really not that bad. Um, yeah, I see. My hands, my my feet are pretty brutal, you know. <laughs> it's um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's impossible, basically, they say, to repigment uh, on your hands and feet. Um, and really, you know, when you when you get older in life, it's it's also really hard to repigment. Um, it, it's it's a lot easier when when you're young. So, yeah. And so how did this experience lead you down to develop a red light therapy company? Well, essentially, um, I was kind of, a, uh, I guess it's kind of weird looking back at it. I would like read scientific studies when I was like 15 years old, just like, <laughs> like pub, pub, pub med studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like really interested in, in science. So I was like interested in working out and like optimizing my testosterone and yada, yada, just all that stuff. And then I realized that like light could like, um, well, obviously I had the experience where it repigmented my skin. So I was like right. kind of privy to like, wow, this can really affect biology. Um, and then I was like, well, oh, I heard red light can increase testosterone. And then I like did some research. And I just went straight down the rabbit hole and it's like, oh, like light can be applied to all these different, like, you know, like pathologies. And it's like non-invasive, it's uh, got like no side effects and just like benefits. So I started to, you know, wonder a little bit why it wasn't implemented more. Um, and um, I, I still don't really understand why uh, this, you know, the doctor Karen Sherwood or why, why, you know, no dermatologists know about this. I mean, it's 20 years old, this treatment. It works in 95% of patients. It's got to be the economic influence from the pharmaceutical companies that they just don't really want this stuff uh, out there. It's got to be. I mean, you can't have a thing with 95% success rate for a disease that's basically, you know, considered like, you know, not that treatment, you know, effective. Um, you can't you can't have it 20 years and and have doctors being like what are you talking about i've never even heard of this it's just very strange and and that's essentially what what led me to make red light devices um we'll probably get into ultraviolet devices at some point but health canada is pretty strict on uv because you can you can really um burn yourself with it i've uh, <laughs> i've i've experimented with the light to a certain extent and um yeah, I, it's a very strange burn you can get with some of these isolated wavelengths of light. It's really weird. Yeah, let's talk about the wavelengths of light because there are some wavelengths that the human eye can't even recognize. We don't see those colors, correct? Yeah, so near, near infrared light, for example, um, you know, your eye won't decode that as anything. It'll be invisible. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our lights emit near infrared light. If, um, if it, it's very, it can generally it's picked up by most cameras, um, and displayed as like dim violet. Um, but, but yeah, no, your eye can't see it. Right. So on, on your device, for example, the lights that don't come on, those are the, are those the near infrared lights that we can't see? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll see if you, if you take your, 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 um, phone and you take so the the digital photoreceptors in your in your in your phone will essentially pick pick up the near infrared light and display it as violet but um it's going to be like really dim like you might not really even be able to see it because it gets drowned out by the actual red visible light and it's, it's pretty dim 
Yeah. If you were to turn off the red visible light, it would look violet, but it's it's gets drowned out. So. Yeah, because I've had some of my clients after receiving the um, the device, they'll turn it on and say, well, what's going on? Why are some of these lights not going on? I say, well, those are the near infrared that your eye is not going to pick up on. But I want to yeah. just, I want to tackle this podcast ground up for people who have, who don't know what red light therapy is. Um, a lot of my listeners are just sort of getting into functional medicine. So I think this is a, a great podcast to bring awareness to red light therapy and all the different mechanisms that it can serve. So um, let's start with the basics. There's a lot of different names out there. And I know that when I, before I discovered your company, I was very confused about how to buy a device as well. And so there's LEDs, there's red light therapy, there's the near infrared light that we were just talking about. There's photo biomodulation, there's low level laser therapy. What is, what is all of this stuff? Can you break this yeah, down? So essentially it's all the same stuff. Okay. Uh, it's really, it's, it's really all the same thing, like low level LLT, low level laser therapy or light therapy, red light therapy, photobiomodulation. It's all the same thing. Phototherapy with it technically falls under this category, but phototherapy is more like ultraviolet. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're all essentially what you just described. It's the same things. Near infrared light is part of photobiomodulation. So don't get tripped up over all the different titles. No, no, definitely okay. not. Okay. And then what is the mechanism in our body that is making this work? So I think there's two. Um, there's, so there's one, essentially it increases the amount of chemical energy in your, in, available to your cells. So your cells have like a hundred thousand plus processes that they need to complete every day. All of it takes chemical energy, which is, you know, also known as ATP. Um, and certain wavelengths of light, specifically 630, 670, and 830. So those are the way, main wavelengths um, emitted by our lamps. Uh, so essentially what happens is there's, there's five proteins in the electron transport chain the fourth one, these, these three wavelengths of light, 630, 670, and 830, they hit the fourth enzyme in that electron transport chain. They release nitric oxide. Nitric oxide and oxygen essentially uh, battle with each other. When nitric oxide is released, oxygen is more effectively processed. The net result is increased adenosine triphosphate or ATP. So Essentially, in layman's terms, you're turbocharging your cells, you're giving them more energy. Um, and, you know, we don't make any medical claims on our on our devices, I just like to stay out of that, because right. it can get really hectic. Um, but uh, essentially, like, you know, all the diseases that are killing people right now, uh, Alzheimer's, heart disease, type two diabetes, um, you know, there's different types of mitochondrial or like, you know, energy related cancers. Uh, these are all fundamentally from one inflammation and two, a lack of chemical energy. Um, and, and so the second thing that, that, that red and near red light can, can do um, is resolve acute inflammation. Uh, and it does this by, so for example, like it speeds up wound healing. People say that's because it resolves acute inflammation. Um, it does this by modulating. So there's essentially there's there's um, these things in the blood called soluble protein mediators. Um, 
you know, fractal kinds, chemo kinds, they're, they're, um, they're chemical messengers in the blood. And what, what red light does is it modulates these messengers. So the message is no longer, so for example, so it modulates it to be a more anti-inflammatory message. Um, like, you know, it, it modulates the cytokines, it modulates the chemo, chemokines, uh, fractal kinds. They're just a bunch of different um, messengers in the blood and it changes up the cocktail. Um, it results in an in a anti-inflammatory message to the body. I hope I explain this sometimes, you know, I explain it different ways and it's, it's a little difficult sometimes. Yeah, no, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of, um, so what I find is really interesting is when you, when you're explaining that to me, it sounds like the, it, it, it can act on lots of different, uh, pathologies in our body by targeting different areas in our body, but yeah, essentially because, working yeah. the same way. Yeah. So essentially it's like, you know, if you're addressing energy deficiency and inflammation, you know, that's, that's pretty significant, even if it only works a bit, which, you know, from my experiences, these, you know, these things are, are, uh, they do, they definitely do something to the body. Like, you know, people experience, uh, pretty significant changes in, uh, what's called heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. These are just things that I can honestly say that I've seen, um, and this one's the most repetitive, like people who are aura, aura rings, um, they start red light therapy, they have massive increases in HRV, like um, maybe like 15 to 30 points over, you know, a week or two, two week span. So that indicates your body's dealing with stress better, you know, probably because it has reduced inflammation and more energy. Yep. But, you know, if you address the two fundamental pathways of disease, which are lack of chemical energy and inflammation, then, you know, you're probably, you know, theoretically, there's going to be some significant benefit. Oh, I, I, I think I started about 10, 11 months ago and I wear the um, whoop app and I can tell you that my sleep has greatly uh, increased uh, in terms of my deep sleep, my REM, um, and my heart rate variability. Like I, I wake up and I'm in the green zone all the time. And I was never like that before using the, um, the red light therapy device. But I think what is really um, necessary is consistency. This is not like a once a week type of program, but I use it every day and I see mm -hmm. results and it's just built into my lifestyle. Yeah. And, and so like, the thing about it is like you don't have to be super complicated about it because of the anti-inflammatory uh, responses due to blood irradiation so you know like you can really just like that's why it doesn't matter if you irradiate like they did tests on this they irradiated like the, the foot of like a mouse or something and it had like cuts on the back of it or something like that i forget exactly what the study uh was but it doesn't affect like uh you don't have to irradiate the direct um tissue to have like um wound healing benefits you know what i mean like you can just irradiate the blood it's because <clears throat> you know it's modulating the message right in the blood yeah right so right so let's talk about some of the applications where red light therapy is beneficial um and making a difference for people one of the big ones is pain relief mm -hmm. pain yeah relief. um 
Yeah, generally people say that the pain, like literally when, like about 30 seconds after they apply the device to the the uh, the area, um, the pain disappears like almost completely. Um, then it will return, but it will be a little bit less generally. Um, I've had people, a lot of uh, some women with pregnancy, you know, they have issues and they use it and they're able to like, you know, go about their day. Um, uh, definitely, definitely helps with pain. Um, so, this is, uh, so it's safe to use, uh, for pregnant women. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I honestly don't know. Um, you know, but, uh, I think what I know is Jack Cruz, a friend of mine, uh, he's, he's a neurosurgeon. He, I believe he recommends that pregnant women get direct sunlight, you know, is if there's any uh, contraindications with pregnant women, I'm not personally aware of them other than one study in rats where um, photobiomodulation increased the birth weight of the uh, mice that, you know, the offspring. That's the only study I know about that. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I'm not sure about yeah. if it's safe or not. And what about, um, I want to talk about the chronic inflammation and erectile dysfunction, because uh, I have read a lot of information how red light therapy supports the manufacturing of more testosterone and can help uh, by increasing the nitric oxide production, which you were sort of um, alleviating yeah. earlier. Yeah. So have you seen this in some of your, the people who have bought your devices or read any studies uh, on sexual dysfunction? Yeah. So, um, I, so there's that famous kind of article out with ben, about where Ben Greenfield yeah. like tripled, tripled his, so like 300% increase. I'm like, Ben, you must've had some pretty low levels, you know? Um, I don't know. I think that's a little, I think that's a little, uh, hi i mean like that's a pretty serious increase that's like anabolic steroids hi. i don't think it's like that um so so i'm not sure about that um what what i can tell you and this might be tmi but i'm gonna do it anyways um and it happens for everyone so you know um if you shine it on the junk down there they there's something happening because they're moving around and it's, you know, there's something going on. It's extremely strange. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of talking about it, but it's, this is, it's the absolute truth. If you don't believe me, try it for yourself. Well, it makes perfect sense, right? If, if, if it promotes blood circulation and it right. increases nitric oxide production and you have a healthy lifestyle and you're doing all the things, getting sleep, managing your stress, it can only help with erectile dysfunction. I believe it. It, I believe no. A lot of the studies I've I've read are a long time ago. I believe it increases luteinizing hormone. Mm -hmm. I think it, it increases the mitochondrial activity in the Leydig cells, mm -hmm. and it results in increased luteinizing hormone, which down down the road increases testosterone. Exactly. That's how I think it works. Yeah. Um, what about skincare? I I use it on my. Um, face every morning after I put on a, a nice serum, I go into the room where my red light therapy device is and I sit in front of it for 
20 minutes that way. I do 20 mm-hmm. minutes a day. And so I'm getting it on my face, but obviously my full body as well. And I have seen just in the 10, 11 months I've been using the device, my skin really looks good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going through menopause. And a lot of times when women are going through menopause because of our um, declining estrogen, our skin doesn't look that great. And I have noticed that, you know, because I, I always want to start with the lifestyle, the setting the foundation for a lifestyle, but I live a healthy lifestyle, do all the things. And this has only helped promote really nice skin for myself. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, so the, the serum that you're applying, does it have any, is it antioxidant based? Like it has a, yeah. So there's something really interesting that's kind of emerging in the scientific world. And I don't think many people know about it. But um, so topical any antioxidants in combination with photobiomodulation or red light therapy or LLT, same thing, um, near infrared light therapy, they're all the same thing. Um, you know, like vitamin C serums, uh, vitamin E serums, I think they are uh, synergistic with, with, with the red light therapy. There's three studies that show coenzyme Q10 um, um, is synergy. That's an antioxidant. Um, it's synergy. If taken orally, it's synergistic. It, it, it literally enhances the effects of photobiomodulation. Um, there's a new study, uh, I think it was in 2018, something like that. It says green tea and red light, a powerful duo in skin rejuvenation. And then they, the science, basically the women achieved the skin rejuvenation, you know, generally realized in, in 90 treatments and only nine treatments. Mm. So applying a green tea serum with mm-hmm. an, which is an antioxidant, yep. they attributed the, the, the effects to epicatechin gallate, which is like, uh-huh. uh, the, one of the main antioxidants in green tea. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, uh, you know, th- and then there's another study with re- reversitrol, it, um, which is like an antioxidant from gr- uh, grapes, uh, generally, um, it was synergistic with photobiomodulation. And then there's another study with green tea that showed uh, if they applied uh, green tea to melanoma, so, uh, like skin cancer melanoma, um, it re- and then irradiated it with, uh, I think, 670 uh, nanometers. So that's deep red light. Uh, it it reduced like mutation frequency in the cells by like 17,000, like 1,700%, something like that. So there's something going on with these antioxidants. Um, personally, with my experience, you know, with, with applying the cream and then putting the red light on, um, based on the available data, I think, you know, one of the most promising uh, skin rejuvenation protocols um, in the world right now is the application of topical antioxidants plus red light therapy. Right. And they're coming out with all these different, like derma, like a derma roller, but there's red light therapy in the derma roller. I, I, I've yes. seen them on Amazon. I don't recommend ever buying devices like this off of Amazon, but it'll be really interesting to see on a professional scale, you know, you can go and get a facial, right? You can go and get a medical facial where they are using red light therapy. But now I have this at home and I find myself not having to go get facials as often where before maybe I went three, four times a year. And now I go maybe once or twice and my, um, 
the woman who does my facials said that my skin in between the longer time of sessions um, is, she said, it, your skin just looks unbelievable. So I know mm -hmm. that there's something different going on here. I think it has to do with increasing the fibroblast production, which is a type of cell that helps make um, manufacture the collagen um, and the elastin, which is, you know, mm -hmm. under our skin here. And yeah, they did a study on, on that and, and they found, because people always ask me like, is red light or near infrared light? So it's, it's is it like the, the red visible light or the heat energy? Is mm -hmm. that like, which one's better? Like, should I just use straight red for the best results? And they studied this and they found that it was 633 nanometer light plus 830 nanometer light. Like they isolated them all. Control, 630, 830, and then 633, sorry, 633, and then 633 plus 830. And they found, and they did ultrasonography of the collagen, like collagen smears. Mm -hmm. And they found, um, it was pretty obvious, you know, looking at the pictures that that is near infrared light plus red visible light was mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. But, you know, another thing um, is, uh, so, Sorry, <laughs> uh, talking too much. Uh, in um, in Asia, they use uh, red light therapy for skin whitening, um, mm. and topical like antioxidants, like vitamin C, vitamin E. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these different kind of brands. They all say brightening because they're not allowed to say whitening. It's like you know, it's like you can't really. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's like taboo to say whitening, they think in the cosmetics industry. So they say brighten, but it really, it means whiten. And um, so what happens is vitamin C actually interfere, most antioxidants interfere with melanogenesis. So, so they don't block, but they reduce uh, the production of melanin. Um, I think this is because um, melanin is essentially its main main um, purpose is photo protection, protection from the sun. And when the, the sunlight comes down, so melanin is generated by the sunlight, UVB, it hits, it hits the skin, the melanin is generated, and then it's actually shifted from the UVB triggering it, the UV, UVB triggers it and shifts it to the apex of the nucleus. Then the uh, the ultraviolet A comes down, creates a bunch of free radicals, and the melanin absorbs it, and it and it oxidizes it, and that's why you turn brown. Like if you cut an apple in half, expose the insides to oxygen, it turns brown. That's the exact same thing that's happening in your me melanin. Okay, the the melanin's acting as a free radical sponge, soaking up these free radicals. But if you apply vitamin C, that's an antioxidant. It's very if it's formulated correctly that's soaking up free radicals so probably uh the melanin is not as oxidized because there's not as much free radicals and um you know it, it you don't turn as brown i i think yeah, that's probably you know, I, I do i use a vitamin c and vitamin e um product it's like an oil that i mix in with my um my face cream every single mm -hmm. day because you know also it protects you from um pollution right and i live yeah, in a city of chicago and it, it so it's just another layer of protection on my skin as well that's that's what i'm saying like you know and and antioxidants actually protect from the sun they reduce everything that sunscreen does basically erythema which is essentially the skin reddening or the burn uh they reset uh revert um they uh decrease edema they decrease uh mutation frequency 
uh, they did decrease, um, um, you know, free radical damage. And, and so when people like the, some dermatologists won't mention to you that there are, are alternatives to sunscreen, you know, top, the application of topical antioxidants is for sure one, the most studied and practical use of antioxidants applied to the skin is photoprotection sealed done deal. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because red light is actually photoprotective too. And, and so in the morning, there's red light when the sun rises, right? That's why, that's why the sun's red in the morning. That red light preconditions your skin to accept the ultraviolet radiation that's emitted in the, in the afternoon. And then, as I mentioned before, red light resolves acute inflammation, inflammation that has just been induced, right? The ultraviolet light just induced inflammation in your skin. Now you're seeing the sunset. You're getting that red light on your skin and it reduces the inflammation. The skin can go, go on to the, you know, proliferative dermal remodeling phase. And then it starts again. Your skin is preconditioned by the sunrise. And, and so you can actually use, um, and I can't quantify how protective it would be. And I'm not saying my devices provide any protection. I'm just explaining the science based on the literature available. You could theoretically apply red light to your skin and then put on, or preferably put on the antioxidant serum, apply the red light, and that would be more effective, more photoprotective than red light or, or antioxidants, you know, separately and i think it's like you know it's you're a good saying, alternative you're saying that that's an alternative to using traditional sunscreen which by the way we all know traditional sunscreen that's on the market is not good for us because of the very harsh chemicals that are in it so if you're going to use sunscreen like when i do i use a mineral based one which a lot of people don't like because it's hard to um it's hard to get into their skin and not look white and pasty but i don't really care about that um the other thing is, Jill, it doesn't interfere with your natural human photoprotective response. Like I said, the UVB hits the skin, generates the melanin. The melanin shifts to the apex of the nucleus. It forms what's called a supranuclear cap. It's like a little umbrella shield of melanin. Like, do you really think we should be preventing that kind of thing, you know, from happening? Like, that sounds like some pretty serious protection that's, like, evolved under, like, million, you know, like, right. millions of years. Um, and then it, it doesn't interfere with vitamin D synthesis right. in your skin. If, if you're putting on sunscreen, you're interfering with the vitamin D synthesis. If inflammation is like the underlying cause of all disease, and if vitamin goes up, inflammation goes down because they're inversely correlated. If inflammation goes up, vitamin D goes down. Right. So you, do you really want to prevent your vitamin D status from rising by applying sunscreen with chemicals absorbed in your blood. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. You know, when I was, um, I was away a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to put on anything, including my vitamin C and vitamin E. And I went out mm -hmm. into the sun, which I always do in the morning anyway, to reset my circadian rhythm, um, in my eyes. And so I was out there for a bit longer and I got a little bit of sunburn on my face. I immediately used the red light therapy and the sunburn went away within two days, which is not the yep. usual pattern for myself. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. 
I was very mm-hmm. nervous that I was, you know, ruining my, I ruined my skin. I'm very, you know, uh, conscious about my skin health and sure. the red light therapy device brought the redness down, brought the inflammation down. And I was back to where I normally was within two days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. You know, from what, from what I've seen, the, the red light tends to speed up healing probably around like, you know, it, it doubles the, the healing time. So, yeah. and you know, the faster you apply it. So say I just cut myself, the acute, acute inflammation happened, the faster you apply it, the, you know, the better. Absolutely. Let's talk about hair growth. Because I work with a lot of, um, especially a lot of women going through menopause who are experiencing hair loss. And mm-hmm. I've been battling it myself for over two decades um, and have completely reversed it as of about 10, 11 months ago. Um, so right now I use a uh, professional grade laser cap on my scalp, which we talked about before the podcast. And it has completely yep been an amazing addition to my hair growth protocol but tell Mm -hmm. us about um, your experience and um, your hair loss with red light therapy as well yeah so actually it's funny because um the reason why i've made my first red light i literally made my fire wave and it's it's a funny story actually it's a little bit of a long one so you can see that i had i was you know receding yeah and that that happened when I was 20. I'm 31 now. Um, I literally same. I look back at my health card and I see the exact same, like no regression. Um, I was really worried about that when I was around 20, um, as you might imagine. And, uh, and so I had figured out that red light, um, well, specifically near infrared light, you can shine on your head and it affects, you know, hair growth significantly. Um, or at least it said it did. So I wanted to try it. So I made this device and I would literally uh, put on a meditation and um, just lay on my bed and turn this, this fire wave on and just beam it on my head at about this, this, this far. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was just like, you know, it can't hurt. Right. Uh, and generally you're willing to try pretty much anything. Yes. Um, so I don't recommend it on the bed anymore. I'm recommending a yoga mat because I did fall asleep one time and the lamp tipped over and burned a hole in my pillow. So yeah, don't recommend it on the bed, but take the lesson from me. Um, So, so yeah, yoga mats are good. um, A lot more stable. And so there's, there's literally, so we're talking about androgenic alopecia right now. And again, I'm not saying my device does this. I'm just saying that red and near infrared light looks like it can't. Um, so one, one way is, is it reduces scalp DHT. Um, DHT is essentially a hormone testosterone converts. Some testosterone converts to dihydrotestosterone DHT. This hormone binds to the hair follicle and literally suffocates it. It cuts off all the blood flow, oxygen, nutrient delivery. When you shine, there's a quote in, in, essentially quantum biology, which is a, you know, kind of a, a, a newer science, um, wherever energy goes, blood flows. So you're, you're shining this red light on the head. It would probably work to a certain extent with other light too. Um, uh, wherever, so, so you're drawing blood, essentially that's the, the main reason, the mechanism that your hair is stopping growing is getting cut off of blood supply. So that's good right out the gate. Two, you're providing more chemical energy to the hair follicle 
Okay. Um, three, the third thing is that um, it, it's, it looks like it's a, it stimulates epidermal stem cells, which results in the shift from um, telogen phase uh, or dormant phase hair mm -hmm. follicles, which by the way, can stay in that telogen dormant phase for two to three years before they commit apoptosis or cell death, um, at which point you can only get a hair transplant. So you got about two to three years once you see them gone and, and, and it shifts those telogen dormant hair follicles back into what's called antigen or growth phase hair follicles. And that's also why some people see uh, some shedding at the beginning. And this is, I've noticed as it's, it's not, I don't get tons of reports, but I probably got about 10. Um, and um, the, the fourth way, so, so yeah, basically it shifts those dormant hair follicles into growth back into growth phase. The fourth thing, which I thought was the most interesting, and I believe this is theoretical, um, they think that it happens, uh, that it reduces scalp DHT. So drugs like finasteride, um, which have, like honestly, my 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 best friend took it and stopped in two weeks because he had severe sexual issues. Yeah. Anyways, I, he is terrified of losing his hair, so to, for him to stop it and just be like, "No, nope, never trying again," must have been terrible. Um, and uh, but then you know, I know his brother took it and had no problem with it, so it's it's kind of like a a lottery, I guess, who gets the bad side effects. Um. That reduces scalp DHT, actually it reduces DHT throughout the whole body. Um, and essentially they think that red light or near infrared light, red and near infrared light does that as well on the scalp. Um, some advice that I have is to, you know, ask your doctor, if your hair loss is really bad, ask your doctor about finasteride, but then ask him if he can you can get it compounded into like a topical cream. You're not going to have the side effects, um, and uh, I think it's it's probably it's it's probably even more effective. Like things that are applied topically, if they're not too deep in the body, are generally a little bit more effective. So, you know, no side effects. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it stim it stimulates angiogenesis, the formation of new blood vessels. So, you know, if any died um, throughout your hair hair loss journey, then hopefully you can get some back. But, you know, there's a lot of mechanisms um, that, that, you know, it, it appears to be, you know, correcting. And so, you know, I have, I have women who they, they lose uh, hair down the middle um, generally. And I, I have some women with like little mohawks that are growing and it's really funny yeah. Yeah. Um, and awesome. And so, you know, I, my, yeah. My last comment is the, the reason I knew it was working was my girlfriend at the time was giving me a head rub. Um, and, uh, she felt like all these like new little hairs growing it. And I was like, and so she alerted me to it and that's how it, that's how, you know, that's how it came yeah. to be. Yeah. I have had such great success and my clients have had great success either wearing a red light therapy cap or using, um, a red light therapy device, um, mm -hmm. also on their body include and, and on the top of their scalp. I, I think it's important. It's always important to, really have that foundational lifestyle supporting all of these different modalities um, because these are expensive devices. None of this yeah. is cheap, but it's certainly convenient to have it at your, um, 
at any time of the day, if it's at your house to use, but I think also nailing that lifestyle stress management, especially when you have hair loss involved, because that can really cause a lot of mental health issues. It can cause sleep disturbances because you're stressed out and anxious about the hair loss. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to stack all of these different protocols and have all these things in place in order to see positive results. The red light therapy, to me, in terms of adding it to a hair loss protocol is going to speed things up where if you weren't using it and you were doing other protocols, maybe you're going to start seeing things within like six to nine months, you know, mm -hmm. but with red light therapy, I saw changes in three and four months and so are my clients. So it's really incredible. Mm -hmm. and, and just to touch a little bit on just because I know because I've done my research because I had fixed my own scenario here with the uh, with the hair loss, the uh, things that I would avoid, um, creatine, I, I yeah. found that that increases D DHT significantly. Um, it, milk products seem to increase uh, DHT. Uh, there's a lot of creatine in steak. I'm a huge fan. There's no way they're taking my steak away. So I mean, you know, but uh, there's a lot of creatine in steak. Uh, stimulants, stimulants can increase DHT. They also vasoconstrict generally. So, you know, you, which means they reduce blood flow. So you gotta be careful how much, you know, caffeine you're taking and then, and then sugar, you know, there is an inflammatory component to, to hair loss, um, in terms of androgenic alopecia anyway. So, uh, you know, you gotta watch out for the sugary drinks. Those are the worst. And, um, Yep. That protein's really important. I, I'm not going to have anyone take my steak away from me either. <laughs> You've got to oh. get that protein. And so many women are under eating protein and, um, mm -hmm. you know, protein is the, uh, our hair is made of protein. So the more, the merrier. Um, so one of the things I work on with a lot of my clients is how to easily increase protein intake because all of this matters, right? You can't just shine, um, a magic light on your body or your scalp and expect everything to turn around. You've got to get that lifestyle foundation um, set in place. The, yeah, there's another thing. Uh, sorry, I'm just like uh, spurring out uh, information as it comes to me. So they did a study on, so the other drug that they use for hair loss is called minoxidil. It's also known as like the brand name is called Rogaine. Um, they did, there's actually a study. You can probably Google it. Um, peppermint oil uh compared to rogaine um and uh, they it was they did it on mice and they have pictures of it and the peppermint oil works way better so um you can you can find so essentially like spearmint peppermint these kind of like minty things what they do is they bring blood to the surface of the skin as well that's why um when you wash your hair with like a peppermint shampoo you get that cold feeling when you when you do a myofascial release you actually get a cold to hot feeling that's indicative of like a release and blood flow and and it's the same thing that that peppermint does it's actually the menthol in the peppermint oil uh so they they found that that was responsible the menthol is a vasodilator um and that's that's what rogaine does it's a it's a it's a vasodilator brings blood so um you know but but uh minoxidil um I won't say Rogaine, but minoxidil is, um, it was first developed as an antihypertensive. And if you take a closer look at the scientific literature, uh, they are not sure about the long-term consequences on your heart. So, you know, 
Uh, that's a little worrying. Peppermint oil, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I use Formula 82M, and many of my clients okay. use that as well. And there's really okay. no science that shows um, there's going to be any long-term health uh, risks involved with cardiovascular disease. Um, it doesn't interfere with any hormones as well. And it's such an easy application too. There's, in, you can have it from a compounding pharmacy. So it's called formula 82M and there's other versions of it as well. Not under that name of formula 82M. Um, but it has, you know, three ingredients in there and and the application is so easy. So women can, you know, Rogaine, when you put Rogaine on, it can be either oily or it can, the foam, it, it could definitely interfere with how women style their hair and, you know, mm -hmm. have that feeling on their scalp where if you get it from a compounding pharmacy, it has a, um, an ingredient in there that helps it dry. It helps it be absorbed into mm -hmm. the hair follicle. Um, but it also helps the drying mechanism on top of your scalp. So you don't have that oily feeling. I've been using it for on and off for five years, which by the way, you don't want to use it on and off. It is a, it is a lifetime commitment. So that's something yeah. for people to think about. But for me at my age, hair, it works. I stack it with my other protocols. My Absolutely. clients are having success. And so, um, I think you have to all, I think you have to look at what is your lifestyle like? What are you, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to commit to life for, um, to use a product to help your hair growth or not? And so, and, and that, that is an individual, um, you know, that's something for everyone to think about individually, what's going to work for them. I, from the, so, so there are a couple of studies that raise a little bit, the scientists are a little bit worried about it, but I personally, I don't think it's like, it's not, it wouldn't be enough for me to stop using it. Yeah. Um, um, and, and quite frankly, I don't know what these studies, you know, really, I haven't read into the studies or how they've actually come to be, find this conclusion. All I did was, you know, I, I read the conclusion um, and briefly a little bit of the studies. It, it wouldn't be enough for me to stop using that product. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, obviously it works. So, yeah. You know, yeah. it's you, yeah. you, I mean, at the end, at yeah. the end of the day, you're going to do whatever you can to stop exactly. the hair loss. Like, exactly. You know, you find what you can commit to on a daily level um, that works within your lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about sleep, um, sure. sleep and red light therapy, because that's really been a game changer for me and just resetting my circadian rhythm. And what do you, what are your, um, what's your experience with the red light therapy and, and people with disruptive sleep? So there's like, like I said, I fell asleep with the light on my head and it fell over and burnt a hole in my pillow. Uh, this is like, um, I later found out why this was. So there's actually three, three studies that show um, there's a hypnotic effect induced by, you know, it's called transcranial photobiomodulation, which means, you know, light shining on the head essentially. Um, and, uh, or through the skull. Um, and so I, you know, I think for some people it can, if it can help if you shine it right on the top of the head like that, or even right on the forehead, you know, I, I'm not sure. Sometimes the bright light can be, you know, a lot of it's going to penetrate through the eyelids. So if they're not wearing goggles and it could be like stimulating for them at night, but some people, you know, as long as you're got something covering your eyes, shining light on the head, it could help you sleep. 
Um, the other way um, that you know most people use use it for to to help sleep is so any wavelengths over six six twenty nanometers are um, they're essentially considered in the safe range. They don't deplete melatonin. Um, unless the light is super, super bright. So if you turn our lights on, on low power mode, it's gonna be enough to illuminate your residence. Um, we actually have, my, my girlfriend right now is working in there and uh, see a little, maybe oh, a little okay. red. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. just starting off right now, just, just to balance the blue light. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, you can use it to illuminate your residence with, with wavelengths of light that, that are shown not to suppress melatonin. Uh, so I wear these glasses. We also, we also sell red lens glasses, but quite frankly, I'm not a huge fan of them because uh, they literally make the screen black and red. And, you know, if you're watching like King Kong or a Avatar or something, it's like really lame. Uh, actually anything you watch is pretty lame. They're good for like on your phone in bed, like, but they're hardcore, you know? Um, I use these yellow lenses um, and I just turn the fire wave on low power. And so when we're all watching TV, for example, in that cabin, the TV is like literally on the other side and that fire wave is shining there and it just balances the blue light. It essentially, it takes, it, it, it really takes the stimulation. So Jack Cruz also says, um, and I, I just, I just like some of his work. I like the way he ref refers to this stuff and that's what does, because it really just makes sense to me. Like he says, like blue lights, like the, uh, methamphetamine of, of, of light essentially in terms of drugs. And it's, it's just super stimulating. Um, and it, um, and so the red lights very calming, uh, and if, and they're opposite ends of the spectrum. And if you, you know, we have way too much blue light and, you just add a little bit of red light, it counteracts it. And there's actually a study, it's called, if you just, you can type in Google, it's like red light counteracts, you know, the mitochondrial impacts of blue light, something like that. Uh, it's in some eye cells, but essentially the introduction of red light um, negated the, the, the negative impacts of the blue light on these cells in your eye called ret retinal ganglion cells. Um, and, I, you know, I feel that's some supporting evidence, um, but I, I really feel like the red light just neutralizes the blue light. And um, there, there are some studies where, you know, on humans, I think female athletes, uh, where red light applied in the evening increased levels of melatonin. Um, so not only does it not drain your melatonin, it's, it was shown to increase your melatonin. And... Uh, so if you're somebody who really struggles with sleep, do you recommend using red light therapy in the morning to help reset your circadian rhythm or in the evening before you go to bed? I, pref I think, yeah, that's a hard question. There's, there's benefits to both, right? Because, um, yeah, so, so I, I think, um, hmm. That's a hard question. I would try shining it on your head at about 12, 12, sorry, there's a fly. There's so many flies up here. Um, I always miss them at 12, 12 inches. Like your hair should just be warm. Um, shine it on the top of your head for like 10, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, just lie down on a yoga mat, shine it. See if that helps with you with, with, with um, make sure you're not getting, you know, 
because when you turn our, even our little lamp on, it's super bright. Yeah. So um, make sure your eyes are kind of covered, that you're, that you're not exposed to that bright light, because um, even if it's in the red spectrum, uh, if it's too bright, it can still deplete your melatonin. So you got to be careful with that. But um, and it's just it's just so bright that it's very stimulating. So you want to cover your eyes if you're going to try that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I got. Uh, yeah. So for me, <laughs> what I did was I used the red light therapy. I use it in the morning, and then like what you're saying, I use um, the the red light, not the main light to illuminate our room to balance mm -hmm. out the blue light. And I start yep. that probably around 6 p.m., 7 p.m., or whenever the sun is starting to go down. Mm -hmm. And I see your lenses. That, so those glasses that you're wearing, they have they have a coating on them, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, this, it's probably called Crizal Preventra. Essentially, that lens um, will block around 25%. These lenses will block 90, 90%. Obviously, people don't want to wear yellow lenses all the time because, you know, most people are like, what are you doing? Uh, and, and so, you know, those are good for the daytime. The yeah. red lenses um, are really good if you're really having trouble with sleep. And then the yellow lenses are, you know, they block 90% of the blue light. So yeah. with, with the FireWave on low power plus yellow lens at night, I think it's almost the same as wearing like a red lens, which is super protective, but you know, you don't have the color, color distortion on your TV uh, to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I've considered getting the glasses that you sell as well. Can you wear, if you wear contact lenses though, can you still wear those colored lens glasses? I have never heard of any contraindication, but oh, okay. it could be, used. yeah, no, okay. I, I don't think so. Okay. No. All right. So now I want to um, talk briefly about people wanting to go buy their first device and what to look for and what not to get. So I, I already said, please don't buy these devices on Amazon because you have no idea what you're getting. And they're usually more of a low grade um, um, device anyway, right? It's sort of like the hair loss caps that you can buy on Amazon are not at all the strength that you really need. And then people aren't gonna see the results that they want and they've already spent some money. So, so walk us through what to look for in an at-home red light therapy device. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good question. Um, and I do know a little bit about this because before we basically, we had some medical claim issues, but we did want to win Amazon's choice for our FireWave on Amazon um, North America. Um, I, it's a really bad business model relying on Amazon. Uh, they are a nightmare. So we decided a couple of years ago, just, you know, enough with them. Uh, I think that, so yeah, the devices on Amazon, I mean, I, I, they're probably like decent red light therapy devices. Probably a lot of them have a, like really high EMF. Um, the thing, the thing about my company is a lot of the North American brands are so much higher than, than the, the Chinese resold stuff that, um, you know, some people will opt for the, you know, Chinese, you know, Amazon stuff. Um, our prices are so good that, that it doesn't, it's, it, it makes it 
and and like it it doesn't matter anymore like you can just trust the the north american brand the price is the same and you know you're getting better quality um you know for example we run like all lamps for 72 hours before we ship um if you have an inventory you know uh if you have like a warranty issue we ship you the, the thing to uh, fix the lamp so if your switch goes that's generally the only thing that breaks on our lamps if a switch breaks we send you a new switch and we send you a new lamp and we show you how, so then you have two um you know it's just little things uh but what you know, about it, um, what about in terms of like strength right the more technical side of things um it's all very confusing and a lot of companies that i found online don't really are not very transparent about the power of their device your website was very transparent. You list every technical um, uh, specific um, piece of information about your, your red light device, which is why I went with you. But other ones, I felt that I was missing a lot of information. Well, the thing, the thing is, honestly, it's, it's really, it's really um, a little bit of a convoluted industry because for example, with power measurements, so like it's called a radiance, um, the light power, you can use a solar powered meter, which most companies use. You can use a calibrated solar meter, or you can use a laser meter. Solar power is going to read way high. Calibrated solar meter, so it's calibrated to the near red and near infrared spectrum, is going to read a lot lower. And then a laser meter, which is actually the accurate reading, is going to read even lower. And and so if you know, everyone uses a solar meter in the industry, right? So if, if a company comes out and is actually honest about it and uses a laser meter calculation, all the customers are going to be like, well, I'm not going to buy that because it's so low. So there's, there's a real issue uh, in the red light therapy industry with that. Um, you know, that being said, uh, there's other things you need to look for, like EMF, you need electromagnetic fields, you know, they're generally just to keep it simple um the lamps without metal okay in the front uh are the worst right they some lamps just have like screens sorry sorry jill that's okay uh, some some lamps just have screens like you can yeah. see through it's like a piece of glass those are the worst stay away from those Why? Um, the, the, yeah because essentially if you have metal in the front it almost creates like a Faraday cage around, around the device. Mm. Um, and so it's better, it's better. Um, you know, power drivers can influence EMF. They can also influence the flickers. So, you know, if you go into your house and, and go on slow-mo uh, on your phone and record one of the LEDs, LED lights in your house and put on slow-mo, you'll, you'll notice yeah. that it flickers. Mm -hmm. um, ours won't do that. It's a result of the power driver that we use. Um, and, and, you know, we know that it can cause, um, seizures and essentially like epileptic people, but it, you know, people think people are beginning to realize that it could potentially affect a wider range of the population and, 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 uh, through like central nervous system dysregulation, because like your eye doesn't recognize it, but your brain does, Yeah. you know, and it's just bang, 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 bang the whole day. It's like, yep. you know, yeah. And what about in terms of diodes? Does that matter? Like how many diodes are on a device and, and how that works for you? So, you know, diodes can differ, differ in strength. 
you know, so it, you shouldn't be looking at the diodes. You should be looking at the watts and the power consumption, okay. you know, and don't be surprised if it's about 50% of the actual, the theoretical watts, for example, on our Firewaves 236, the actual power consumption is around like 100. Um, you know, that that's pretty normal. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, it's confusing out there buying a device. Um, so now you get your at-home device and now you're going to start using it. Is there a protocol to follow in terms of building up to time? And what is yeah. the, what's the, the baseline and what's the, um, what do you tap out at? So I always say increase five minutes every day or every other day, just to assess your skin's tolerance. There's never any problems, but you want to be safe, you know, safe than sorry. Um, so five minutes, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're going to find your sweet spot around 20 and 25. You know, if you have an aura ring or something, then you can look at your HRV to see when it's highest and try and find your, you know, accurate dosing. I, I think that's maybe a way to tell, you know, um, too much is not good. There's a biphasic dose response. So essentially it's like a bell curve. It's like, it's good. It's, you know, um, essentially at a certain point, uh, the effects will start going down and it, it can actually become negative if you use too much. So, so red lights, like, yeah, it's, it's a thing where you don't want to, you know, overdo it. So if you did like five minutes in the morning, maybe you were running short on time. Could you go back in the evening and add in about 15 more minutes? And be fine. So, so I think, you know, um, I think that using it two, two times for 20 minutes a day is okay. Mm, okay. And every day is safe. Yes. Every day is safe. Yeah. Is I, I use it on my head almost every day. Is there anybody who should not be using red light therapy? So anyone who shouldn't use it, um, People who have really sensitive skin, I'm talking really sensitive. Um, they might, they might not want to use it. Um, if if you have really like something's going on with your skin and you don't know what's going on, and and the the um, the doctor doesn't know know what's going on, um, I I would be careful. You know, I I would. If you have some weird skin stuff going on, I would consult a doctor before you, you use it. Okay, absolutely. All right, so as we come to a close, um, what are a few things that my listeners can do starting today to help them with red light therapy, to either think about going to purchase a new red light therapy device or just get started on something with their lifestyle to um, help support red light therapy in the future? What are a few things people can do? I mean, I think our Firewave, I think our Firewave is like a really good introductory device. Um, That's the one I have, you know, I love it. Yeah, this thing, this thing's like amazing. Like you can get full body irradiation with oh. that small device because yep. if you sit and, 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 if you sit in like Buddha pose, like like meditation pose, and you prop that little lamp up so that the central cob chip, the large diode, large diode is essentially in line with your sternum, and you sit in meditation pose, you can get full body irradiation at like 1.5 to two feet and with significant power. Um, so you can, for, for like $200, I guess it's around 200 US dollars uh, with your code, 
um, you know, you, you can basically get a full, full, full body device. Um, you know, for anyone who's feeling like low on energy, I think it's worth trying. Um, you know, you can, you can try using it with the coenzyme Q10, those both red light and coenzyme, coenzyme Q10, they both work on the energy, um, in your body. They work both. They're going to synergistically increase the energy in your body. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the fire waves a great, a great way to start. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can't beat the quality. I mean, I'm probably a little biased as a CEO of the company, but I really don't think I've always been like that, you know, like I want to bring the best value to my customers. And, um, and I don't think, I don't think, uh, well, no one, no one, no one's ever not happy, really. Like, yeah, I mean, we have 143 five-star consecutive reviews. I mean, everyone's really happy. So, I think the one thing I would like to add um, is for people to, um, again, get their lifestyle in check while you're either starting on your red light therapy journey or preparing to purchase a device. Um, just really check in um, with how are you eating, how are you managing your stress. How are you exercising? How are you sleeping? And, and just take note of all these things and keep a log as well. I actually kept a log in the beginning to see what changes were going on with my skin, with my energy and with my, um, my sleep, especially when I started using the red light therapy device. And I do love the fire wave. It's about, um, what is it? It's about eight inches a square. Six yeah, seven inches by seven yeah. inches by- So it's great by for three. travel. We bring it on all of our mm -hmm. trips with us as well. Yeah. So yep. Chris, um, where can people find you and your products? And um, I will also include a my code so people can receive yeah, a discount good. if they decide to um, order your devices. And you have all Perfect. different devices. You have full body. You have mm -hmm. um, a whole array of devices. Yeah. Um, so we do. We have a lot of different devices. Actually, uh, if I can get my my new Firehawk, so we made a smaller Firehawk. Um, uh, if I can get it, the new one finished in time, it's going to be used on the female athletes at the U.S. Open. Um, so, so, yeah. But you know, I think, I think um, the best place to start is with the Firewave. Like that device is so like versatile. Like it's it's generally like honestly all, all people really need um i never try and push people to buy anything more because i really think you can get most of the benefits from red light therapy with that small device yeah i i bought one for my son who's a professional hockey player up in uh your neck of the woods actually and he absolutely loves it he uses it every day um pre and post workout he'll use it if he has any lingering pain in his shoulder or his knee or his hip, he use it, he'll use it, mm -hmm. he'll shine it right on that part and he feels immediate relief. But where can um where can my listeners yep. find you online? So my my website's emr-tek.com. So emr-tech.com. And then you're yep. on Instagram as well. Yep. So it's at emrtechinc, no, no dash. Okay. And I'll put all of these notes um, on where to find you and, and your company and all your products online um, on in the show notes as well. And Chris, it was such a pleasure meeting you. I really looked forward to having this conversation with you for a long time and glad we finally got to connect and, and get this done. So thank you. Thanks so much. Joe. I appreciate right. it. You have Take a wonderful day. Have, okay? have a great uh, rest of your time in the woods.
Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Lifestyle changes can be hard and overwhelming to make. By building your support team of functional medicine doctors, therapists, and health coaches, you can reach your optimal health goals. Be sure to check out my other podcasts. Until we meet again, stay healthy.